Hey guys, welcome to the 5 Win Volleyball Podcast, the best place to follow the stats, storylines, tournaments, games, and everything else going on in the world of professional volleyball. Today, the Olympic qualifiers started on the women's side. Some very exciting matches. You can see the atmosphere is very tense in those games. Just another level of excitement compared to some of the other tournaments, especially VNL, that we've had so far. But today for the podcast, we're going to focus on previewing groups C and D on the men's side of the tournament. Some very exciting matchups in this group. Two of the hardest groups, it looks like, in the entire tournament. Some fans from either Italy, Serbia, Poland, or France are going to go home very disappointed in about 10 days. But for this podcast, I'll break down the matchups, make my predictions try and get an idea of what the starting lineups are, so I hope you enjoy it. So there's no news to go over today. Get right to the previews, starting with Pool C. And the four teams taking part in Pool C are Italy, Serbia, Australia, and Cameroon. Of course, this is one of the most anticipated pools because two of the best teams in the world Italy and Serbia, both competing for a coveted direct berth straight to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, which you get if you win one of these pools. However, the loser between Italy and Serbia will have to go through a gauntlet of European qualification tournament in January. Well, they'll have to face the loser of France versus Poland. They'll have to play Germany. They'll have to play Slovenia. They'll have to play Belgium. They'll have to play the Netherlands. They'll have to play Portugal. Whatever teams don't qualify through this mini-tournament are going to have quite the handful of opponents to face to get that one European continental qualification spot, which makes Italy versus Serbia easily one of the most interesting matchups of the entire weekend, and I think Italy is going to come through and beat Serbia. And not by a lot, mind you. I think it's a pretty tight matchup, all things considered. But watching Serbia versus Poland yesterday... I think Italy's service will be just enough to force Serbia out of system. And we saw against Poland, they weren't really able to run the middles. They couldn't get any consistent setting from Jovovic or Batak. And I think with Juan Torreira and Zaitsev playing, I think that'll be enough to pull Italy through. So the lineup Italy is likely going to go with in this tournament at the outside hitter positions, Juan Torreira is back, which is huge. There is a bit of a question as to whether he will be in shape. Seems like he quite enjoyed his offseason, might have come back a few pounds heavier to training camp, but he gets back in shape quickly, so we'll see what he looks like in next weekend. Filippo Lanza, maybe not the ideal option as a second outside hitter, but he complements the rest of the team pretty well. Maybe we'll see Oleg Antonov get in there for a few games as well. The middle blockers they're bringing are Simone Anzani, Alberto Polo, Roberto Russo, and uh, Matteo Piano the veteran joining the Italian national team again. Opposites, we have the Tsar, Ivan Zaitsev, back with the Italian national team after skipping Nations League this year. It's also Gabriele Nelli, who is one of the leading scorers of Nations League. Setter, we have Simone Gianelli, Riccardo Spertoli. Finally, at libero, Massimo Colacci. And I believe Nicola Pesaresi is the second libero that made the cut. Won't matter much anyway. I expect Colacci to play the vast majority of the minutes. So at most positions, this is pretty much the same lineup that Italy has been running since the 2016 Rio Olympics. 
The only questionable positions will probably be in the middle. There's some very good young Italian middles. Roberto Russo and Alberto Polo really showed that they're pretty high-tier middles during the Volleyball Nations League. Both were big parts of Italy's surprising 7th place finish. Both have great connections with Simone Gianelli. But of course, Anzani and Matteo Piano are pretty big names and veterans of the Italian national team. It'll be interesting to see which players play in each game. Obviously, the game against Serbia, the most important, and the game where they will probably face by far the most pressure from the middles. Australia, not a terrible team, but not really known for running a ton through the middle. We already know mostly what this Italian team is all about. We've seen them play many times in many important tournaments over the years. Of course, the question with this particular group of players is always, can they move past the drama and work together towards a common goal? We know that Juan Terena and Zaitsev both really like being the alpha dogs of their teams. Both want to be seen as the leader of Italy, and that has led to maybe some tension in the past. They've got along pretty well recently. It wasn't really an issue during the World Championships last September. But of course, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Gianelli is certainly going to have his hands full, trying to distribute the ball to these guys, deciding who to go with at what time. Both of them want to be the guy who makes the game-winning kill. Juan Torreno with probably a better overall offensive season last year. Zaitsev struggled at times, made it made a few unforced hitting errors, also had to shoulder a lot more of the offense. That's mainly the only offensive option for Modena before Bartosz Bednorz kind of came into his own, so that always decreases your hitting percentage a bit. The one thing I hope they don't do is overly rely on their wing hitters, Juan Torreno, Lanz or Antonov, whichever one starts, and Zaitsev. I think Italy's at their best when Giannelli is just looking for the middle on every pass and then going to Zaitsev and Juan Torreno if the first tempo isn't there. And I, I really do believe that all four of those middles that Italy has are capable of scoring at a pretty high level. So Italy will be playing Serbia on Sunday. Hopefully neither of them drop a random game before that because that would be an epic kind of final match of the weekend. Italy playing at home too, which I think gives them a slight edge as well. But Serbia, no slouch. When you look at their lineup, man, there are some big names on here. At the outside position, Uroš Kovacevic, Marko Ivović, Lazar Sirovic, middle blockers, Lizanac, Krizmanovic, and Okolic. Interestingly enough, no Pedrashinin, which I think moves the needle in Italy's direction even a little further. Pedrashinin, still one of the most elite middles in the world, had a huge season for Perugia last year. Not really sure why he's not part of the lineup. I don't think there's been any official information on that yet. He's not dealing with an injury as far as I know, but that could certainly be the case. I don't think it would be a coaching decision to keep him out of the lineup. That would seem very strange. Chris Manovich, a very good player in his own right, but I don't think he's on the same tier as Pedrashinin. And maybe it was Marco's own decision, but that also seems strange as uh, there's not many guys who turn down opportunities to play for the Serbian national team very proud country. Anyway, it's going to hurt them a bit on offense and defense. Pedrashinin, one of the best blockers in the game, and also hit over 70% in the Italian Superliga last year. Just absolutely ridiculous efficiency from the middle position. Of course, part of that was being set by Luciano Di Cecco, but still very competent offensive player. At opposite, Alexander Tenasevich and Drazen Lubric, two absolutely elite players. Atanasevich got the start yesterday against Poland. I do believe he's the better player than Lubric. 
So I think he'll be the starter for the majority of the weekend unless he's playing really inconsistently. We've seen though he doesn't have the longest leash. If he does play inconsistently, if he is making a lot of unforced errors, if he isn't hitting a serve, Gerbich won't be hesitant to sub Lubrich in for him. The setters, probably Serbia's biggest weakness, Jovovic and Batak. Interestingly enough, no Vuk Todorovic. A young setter who I thought played pretty well during the VNL started for the majority of the competition. Some people even said he might be better than Jovovic already, which I don't know if that's true, but he certainly showed some flashes of potential. However, didn't get invited to this tournament. So Serbia will have to deal with Jovovic and Batak. And honestly, in the game against Poland yesterday, neither of them looked that great. Jovovic started the game, but was subbed off after a couple sets because he wasn't really finding his wings properly. He had a few nice runs in the middle, fooled Poland's blockers, which is hard to do. But the sets to Uroš and Marko Ivovic were just not there, especially from the back row. You could tell that they were trying to run the pipe. You could see that Gerbic wanted that to be a weapon in their arsenal, but they just full out did not connect several times on that Bic set. So he was subbed out. Batak came in, didn't do that much better, was a little bit more consistent going to the wings, but then Batak can't really run the middle at all, and which is an issue when you have a team like Serbia, which can rely on their middles for a lot of offense, especially Sereko Lizanac, who was not a big factor in that game. And then the libero, Nikola Pekovic, who actually has some unbelievable defensive plays, really quick, really good at getting his hands under the ball, getting the ball up. So I love watching him. However, I don't know if he's the best fit for Serbia because they would really like a libero who is more serve-receive focused, whereas Pekovic is a lot better in defense than he is in passing, which is also the other issue with Serbia during this game and kind of this Serbian squad is when they don't pass, they can't really get it going out of system, especially with a guy like Jovovic, who is not really the best at finding his hitters when he doesn't have a good pass. But yesterday, Marko Ivovic was really struggling passing the ball. Poland was definitely targeting him, and, and I imagine a lot of the teams in this pool are going to be targeting Ivovic on the, on the serve. Kovacevic is probably their best passer, but he's not so amazing that he can make up for the lack of passing ability from Ivovic and, to a lesser extent, Pekovic. But despite all this chirping Serbia, they're still a really strong team. If they do have their offense running, if they are able to run that first tempo in the middle, they are really hard to stop. All three of their wing attackers are basically unstoppable against a single block. They're a pretty scrappy defensive team, even if they aren't the best passing team. Atanasevic is the second best server in the world. And Ivovic, Lizanac, and Kovacevic are no slouches in that department either. There is a chance they could just serve Italy off the court. I think they are the better serving team. And Lizanac and Krizmanovic, or maybe Oklic even if, if he comes in, are going to put up a pretty mean block. So if Serbia is going to win it, probably going to be in the break points, going on a few three or four point runs, getting Italy on their heels. However, they also need to prevent that coming from the other side as well. At the end of the day, though, I don't really trust Jovovic or Batak to run a really dynamic offense. I think that's one of the reasons why all these Serbian guys are just absolute studs for their club programs. And they still have one of the best national teams in the world, but maybe not at the level you would expect if you just looked at all the names on this team on paper. Italy-Serbia should definitely be number one and two in the pool. The third place team, I think, is going to be Australia. 
Interestingly enough, they're, they've got a few veterans returning for this competition, whereas in Volleyball Nations League, we saw they had one of the youngest teams in the entire tournament. But Australia's roster is looking like Luke Smith, Sam Walker, and Paul Sanderson as outside hitters, Nehemia Mote, Trento Day, Bo Graham as middle blockers, pretty much the same as, as Nations League. Also, Travis Passier is joining the team, the veteran of the Volleyroos. However, he's a little older, a little less bouncy now. He's got lots of experience, but he hasn't been playing volleyball as much, didn't play professionally last year. So that's really tough to compete at this level when you didn't have the conditioning and experience from a club season. At opposite, Paul Carroll is returning to the team. Excellent opposite, definitely their best offensive option on this team. And his backup, Lincoln Williams, is actually really good as well. Man, it would be sweet if one of those guys was an outside hitter because they need, definitely need the depth more on the outside than opposite. However, no Thomas Edgar for the team. That would have been crazy if he was playing in this Olympic qualifier. Probably not enough for them to have a realistic shot at beating Italy or Serbia, but it would have been cool to see him play for Australia at a high level. However, he did say he was going to play in the January qualifiers, the Asian Continental qualifiers. So that's something to look forward to, I guess, that... Maybe they have an actual shot at beating Iran in that competition. And setter is a bit of an interesting conundrum for Australia. Harrison Peacock and Arash Dosange are the two players there. Peacock has been the guy for a while with the Australian national team. But Dosange is a bit of a unique setter. He's about 6'7", so really good size for the position. Not afraid to score the ball, attack the ball from the setter position. I think he scored in double digits in a couple of their Volleyball Nations League games, which you almost never see from a setter. And while Peacock, I think, does have better hands than Dosange, I think Dosange, his blocking, his serving, and his attacking, I think I, I, I would try starting him as the new setter. And he's a bit younger. You know he can grow with the team. But either way, I trust Mark Lebedu to make the right decision. Very good coach. And then at Libero, of course, we have the one, the only, Luke Perry who I think is one of the main reasons why Australia has been able to stay in the VNL over the last two years and did not get eliminated as one of the challenger teams. He really shores up this team's reception, which they struggle with. Their outside hitters are generally not the strongest players, and especially in the passing department. So having someone like Luke Perry there to just cover a lot of court, basically half the court when other teams are float serving, also really scrappy defender. It just helps his team so much. He's probably not going to be enough to get Australia over the hump. They're pretty overmatched in terms of talent against both Italy and Serbia. And of course, to get through in this format, you would have to beat both, most likely. But like I mentioned earlier, Australia does have a chance of qualifying in January through the continental qualifiers, especially if Thomas Edgar comes back. Iran definitely the stronger team if they don't beat Russia and Cuba in their pool. But still, I would give them like a 25% chance. And then the last team in this pool, Cameroon. One of the three African teams in this event. The only game they won last year at the World Championships was against Tunisia. Fortunately for them, they are not in a pool with Tunisia this time. They did take one set off of Australia in the World Championships. But I don't see them being able to beat them in this competition. They just finished playing at the African Championships, where they lost to Tunisia in five sets. The biggest name, best player on this team, still got to be Nathan Wunumbena, who actually had a very good season in tours, helping them win the French Championships. 
And they also have Yvonne Cody, a seven-foot opposite who most recently played in Piacenza in Italy. So either him or David Fugueo will get the start at opposite. Both are pretty good players, actually. But unfortunately, the talent level of this team kind of drops off after those three. And Cameroon won't have to worry too much, though, because they still have a pretty good shot at qualifying through the January African Continental Qualifiers. So like a lot of teams at the bottom of the pools, while they obviously want to try and win this event, they probably are more focused on the January qualifiers. So Pool C with Italy, Serbia, Australia, and Cameroon. Going to be really fun. Just a reminder that Italy-Serbia game will be on Sunday, 3.15 Eastern Standard Time or 9.15 Central European Time. However, I think Pool D might be the most fun pool of the bunch. Poland, France, Slovenia, and Tunisia. Man, what a competitive, crazy pool. Poland and France, like Italy and Serbia, are two of the best teams in the entire world right now. And of course, the big news, this will be Wilfredo Leon's first major tournament as a player for Poland. He applied back in 2017, and he was able to apply because he has a Polish wife and child. Totally fine, in my opinion. I know there's some people who don't agree with it, but no matter how you feel about it, he's with the team. He's already played in several friendlies for them. Looks pretty good. Not the best connection with Fabian Drija yet, but even just setting him pretty easy high balls. He's still OTing people all the time, so it's not going to matter that much if you have to run a fast tempo with him. He is joined by Mikhail Kubiak, who in my opinion is like one of the perfect partners with him. More of a defensive-minded outside player, but still great server and attacker. But having a guy who can pass and play defense next to Leon while still being a very big offensive threat, don't know how much more you want out of an outside pairing. So those guys have been starting most of the friendlies for Poland so far, but Heinen has also brought Alexander Slivka, Arthur Schalpuk, and Bartosz Folek. If you notice, there's one pretty big name missing from that list. The VNL Dream Team outside player Bartosz Bednors, who was a massive part of their surprise gold medal at the VNL Finals in Chicago. A lot of people were pretty surprised with this omission, but I can kind of see it from Hanin's perspective. Bednors is a really good player, especially as a pretty heavy offensive option on the outside, which we saw both with Modena and with Poland. However, he does have a similar skill set to Leon. Really high usage, outside attacker, great server, big blocker, not the best passer ever or defender. So it makes sense that you would leave a player who is like Leon, but obviously worse than Leon, and instead bring a player like Bartosz Folek, who is a good passer and defender that you could maybe utilize as a sub for Leon in the back row when he's struggling with passing. Whereas with Bednorz, in what situation would you sub him for Leon? There's, there's not really a scenario where that would happen. However, I think he could have brought Ben Norge over Schalpuk, even if that was the case. Although I guess maybe Hayden just brought Schalpuk for a float-serving sub. The middle blockers were also some controversial selections here. Matej Biniak, pretty obvious choice, really adds to that devastating serving lineup between him and Leon and Kubiak. Pyotr Nowakowski, an exceptional blocker who was a huge part of Poland's World Championships gold medal and part of the Dream Team in that tournament as well. And then Karl Kloch, who was very important in Poland's bronze medal at the VNL Finals, the only veteran on the team, 
really took on a good leadership role with that younger group. Also played well during the tournament as well. But those are the only three middles, which means there is no Kohanovsky. Arguably their best middle, in my opinion, close with Biniak. Man, pretty crazy that he was left off this roster. He has been maybe struggling a bit in VNL and at the end of the club season in the Plus Liga with Skra Belchatov, but still, the guy's talent is exceptional. Extremely strong attacker, blocker, and server, basically everything you would want in the middle position. I guess the argument is that his blocking and serving hasn't been as absolutely top tier as it has been in the past, but still, I think he would have definitely been a better option than Karl Kloch, who has been playing well, but even at his best, I don't think he brings to the table what Kohanovsky does. However, we've learned not to question Vidal Hainan's decisions too much until he starts losing any games. I think we just trust him. He knows the matchups. Maybe he thought that Karl Kloch would match up better with the slower French middles. We'll see what happens next weekend because if there's bad middle play, you know those Polish fans will be questioning this decision more so than anything else. For opposites, Kurek is still out with that back injury. He was by far their best option at the position, so without him, they're going to have to go with David Konarski and also Machi Muzai. I think Konarski is the preferred option at the position. He had a really good friendly against Serbia yesterday. I think Muzai is a better player, though. Puts up a bigger block. Attacks from a much higher point, so his hitting percentage has always been way higher than Konarski. But Konarski and Drija have a very good connection. You could see that on full display against Serbia. Can't go too wrong with either player. Konarski has always had a good history against France, though, so I'm guessing that Hanian's going to go with Konarski for the majority of the time. And then at setters, you have Fabian Drija, who's looking real nice right now. He's, he's been setting the ball quite well. Still struggling to get it out to Leon, like I mentioned, but he has a very good connection with Biniak and with Novikovsky and with Kloch, as we're seeing in this match against Brazil today. And then Gregor's Lomage. Sometimes they do the double sub, bringing in Lomage and Muzai in for Konarski and Drija, just to get a bit more size up in the front row. So we might see that a few times as well. And then the Liberos. Damien Wojtaszek has actually been playing in all the friendlies so far, but I, I imagine Pavel Satorski, the most valuable libero at the World Championships, will be the starting one next weekend. So overall, just an absolutely bonkers team with Wilfredo Leon, the best player in volleyball now in the lineup. Poland's been a pretty good serving team before in the past, but with the addition of Leon and with Biniak as a guaranteed starter, I think that is a lot of firepower for the serve. We saw it pretty much tear up Serbia's passing line. Couldn't really get in system for a lot of that game. And while better passing teams will be able to deal with that more effectively, there's really not much you can do when Leon gets hot and just rips off three and four aces in a row, which can change the course of an entire match. Biniak can also do the same thing, so very dangerous in that respect. The main competition for them is against France, and I kind of worry about France. They're a good attacking team, good serving team, good defending team. Not the best blocking team, however. Middles are a little bit slower, except for Chininez, I guess. Stefan Boyer is a good blocker. But other than that, especially with Tani Udi on the court, they, they kind of struggle to set up really good blocks. Can you imagine Leon hitting against Tani Udi? I mean, I just watched a game where Leon easily OT'd Nikola Jovovich, so doing so against a guy who touches a lot lower than that. Ugh. Don't like that matchup one bit, but that's not the only competition in this pool, as they also have to play Slovenia 
pretty dangerous team who were just coming off an FIVB Challenger Cup win. will play in Nations League next year. Not as good as France. Definitely way less ball skills. Worse passing. But pretty dangerous offensive team if they get things going. So really only one easy game in this pool, and that's against Tunisia, which is the first game of the weekend, which means Poland has to play France and then Slovenia back-to-back. Not the easiest thing in the world, so maybe you won't see the full starting lineup against Tunisia. I don't know. Hainan's a crazy guy. We could see it. However, Poland also playing at home in Gdansk. And the Polish crowd, as you know, pretty crazy about volleyball. I expect the place to be sold out. I expect lots of Polska, Polska chants. Should be a pretty exciting atmosphere, which makes them even more of a favorite against France. However, the French are no slouches either extremely talented players on this current men's team kind of the golden generation of french men's volleyball at the outside hitter position we have Irvin Engapet back with the team trevor cleveneau julian liniel kevin tilly middle blockers are kevin larue Barthelemy chinez nicholas legoff and daryl butor opposites we have stephen boyer and jean patrie setters ben taniuti and antoine brizard and libero is grabenikov of course one interesting thing I want to say, though, as I mentioned earlier, Taniuti against Poland and to a lesser extent against Slovenia. Lots of hard-hitting, high-hitting outside hitters. <sighs> Could be tough to justify Taniuti above Brizard, even though Taniuti probably best hands in the sport of volleyball right now. But Brizard, no slouch either. Had a very good season with Oniko Versava. You saw with the French national team during VNL that he is an absolutely top-tier setter in his own right. And not the same technical ability as Ben Taniuti, but he has a lot more size, about 6'4 compared to Taniuti's 5'11. Has a pretty good jump serve, so that could add more pressure onto the Polish reception line, especially with a guy like Leon in the lineup. So I'm saying now you could see Antoine Brizard in for Ben Taniuti. I know that's pretty crazy to say because Taniuti is the man, but there are definitely justifications for it. For the middles, LaRue still playing at a pretty high level. However, Barthelemy Chininez might be their best middle right now, coming off an MVP season of the French League, won that award as a middle. Pretty crazy, usually doesn't happen. But his blocking and attacking is at a really high level right now. But even with two really high-level middles, I still don't like the matchup against Poland. Biniak and Novakovsky, or Biniak and Kloch. France is going to be giving up a lot of size against those guys. You know Fabian Drija is always ready to run the middle. So the French blockers will be punished if they don't commit at some points. Really tough situation. I'm not jealous of the job they have to do against this Polish offense. The outside hitter is also a bit of a question mark. We know Irvin Engapet's gonna be a lock. Arguably the second best player in volleyball after Wilfredo Leon can do it all, especially from the service line we've seen a couple times this year and in the past. I think that's one of the main ways that France could squeak out a win here is if Irvin Engapet just goes on a huge service run. We've seen him go like six, seven serves before. Get a couple of those, who knows what happens. And then the second spot, Laurent Tilly didn't bring Thibaut Rossard, who I thought would have been a very good choice for this roster. Good pairing next to Irvin Engapet, very dangerous server, really strong attacker. But maybe Laurent Tilly didn't like the lack of passing from Thibaut Rossard. Maybe he thought the way they're going to win this tournament is just outpassing all the teams. And the other three outsides are certainly capable of that. Trevor Cleveneau, Julian Laniel, and Kevin Tilly. Tilly, probably the most defensive but least offensive option out of those three guys. 
So if they're not relying on him for any offense, he's probably the best choice. But if they do want their OH2 to score points, then probably Trevor Cleveneau is the best option. He hasn't been a huge part of the French national team lately, but if you all remember 2017 World League Finals, he was a huge part of that win. Had a great season with Milano this year. Has a very good switch-up game. Can bang the ball. Also has some of the best tips and roll shots out of any outside hitter. But Julian Liniel's no slouch either. Again, a very good club season with Jastrzemski Vagil in the Plus Liga. Probably more of a safer pick than Cleveneau, but potentially lower upside because we've seen Cleveneau play at an extremely high level. The thing is, France doesn't really have the best of track records when it comes to these major tournaments. Eurovolley 2017, World Championships 2018, Olympic Qualifiers 2019. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe this is where they break the curse. Them beating Poland, I think, would be a bit of an upset for a lot of people, given how good Poland has looked recently and the addition of Wilfredo Leon. Wouldn't count them out of it, though. Still a very strong team with, like, elite players at almost every position. Really looking forward to Poland versus France. Also on the Sunday, like, Italy versus Serbia. 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 3 p.m. Central European Time. Man, that's going to be a good day for volleyball. Sunday, August 10th. Mark it down. And then my third-ranked team in this pool which to be fair is probably the best third-ranked team in this entire tournament, is Slovenia. As I mentioned earlier, they just beat Cuba to qualify for next year's VNL. Some great talents on this team, many guys who have played in the top league in volleyball, the Italian Superliga, guys like Tine Ernaut, Clemens Sebule on the outside, Alan Payank and Jan Kozomernik in the middle. The opposites, uh, Gasparini and Tonchek Stern. We'll see who they decide to go with. Gasparini was not there during the Challenger Cup, but he is probably a better player than Stern if they can get him on the roster for this tournament. Dejan Vincic still going strong from the setter position. Had a great season with Radom in Poland this year. They also have Gregor Repret as a setter, who actually led them in that 3-0 win against Cuba in the Challenger Cup Finals. And I actually really like the libero, Jani Kovacic, who will actually be playing as one of the few foreign liberos in the Italian Superliga next year for Ravenna. It's pretty much unheard of that a team in the bottom half of one of these pools can field world-class players at every single position. So Slovenia is not going to be an easy out for Poland and France. I know their focus is probably going to be on each other, but Slovenia could play spoiler and beat either one of those teams. I mean, I kind of hope they don't because I want France versus Poland to be the deciding match on Sunday because that would be super fun. But don't count out Slovenia. Tienier now, probably one of the best outside hitters in this tournament. They're going to have a dangerous offense. They can run the middles a lot. And while they probably will have issues slowing down both France and Poland, the side-out game is going to be strong with Slovenia. Really looking forward to their matches in this pool. And then the fourth team in this pool, Tunisia, who actually are the reigning African champions. However, they got a pretty demoralizing pool to be a part of for the Olympic qualifying tournaments. They have a few athletic guys who can bang the ball as opposites like Hamza Naga and Wasim Bentara. However, the skills of the rest of their team just not up to par with other countries in this tournament. Basically, no one except for Bentara playing outside of Tunisia makes it really tough to develop those skills when all your players are playing domestically against each other. And like Cameroon, they want to do their best in this tournament, but ultimately, the only chance they have of qualifying is through the African Continental Qualifiers in January. So that's it for me for Pool C and D, two of the most interesting pools in this tournament. Only two more left as part of these preview podcasts. 
Still some good stuff to go in Pool ENF. But the FIVB did a good job of scheduling these games, having France and Poland and Italy and Serbia play each other on Sunday. Those are going to be really exciting to watch. And there's only one week left before the start of the International Olympic Qualifying Tournaments. Hope you guys are as excited as I am, and I hope you have a good weekend. Thanks.